Welcome to the Train Tart Tales podcast. We're two travellers seeking out and sharing interesting tales during our travels around the globe and sharing them with you here. From cultural phenomena to social issues to local customs, there's no topic too big or small. We tell real life tales about real life people and places. For this episode, we're in Pokhara in central Nepal. The city is home to many German style bakeries but rising rents in the town have made it a competitive landscape to trade in. We meet a local baker to hear his story. We leave our guest house at 2am and the streets of Pokhara are deserted, apart from a lone barking dog. There always seems to be a barking dog in Asia. It's cold and calm outside. As we draw closer to our destination, We begin to hear a thudding sound, repeating at regular intervals and getting gradually louder as we draw closer to the little bakery shack. We're up at this early hour because we have a date with a baker. A couple of days earlier, in the lakeside area of the city, a street vendor had offered us some fresh bakery. We bought a couple of pastries, and out of curiosity, we asked him where he buys them. They're from a bakery in one of the back streets, he revealed. The next morning, we tracked down the tiny bakery and bought some of the pastries for a quarter of the price charged by the street vendor. This is how we ended up meeting the baker, and the novelty of meeting a Nepalese man making German-style bakery from a tiny shack in Pokhara was not lost on us. So-called German bakeries are found all over towns popular with tourists in Nepal, having grown in favour alongside the rise of tourism in the country. The exact origins of these bakeries is a little hazy, but however the bun-baking trend started, the idea is stuck and spread across Nepal. Stooping so we don't bump our heads, we leave the dark street and enter the postage stamp-sized bakery. The scent of yeast lingers in the damp air and a thin veil of flour clings to every surface. Beneath the dim light bulbs, the baker stands at his worktop, messy apron tied around his waist and beanie hat on his head, shaping the dough into familiar forms amidst the chaos of the bakery. The space is cramped and ramshackle, with the majority of room taken up by a large brick oven, worktops, stacks of baking trays and sacks of flowers. In one corner stands a bed piled up with clothes and the surrounding bare brick walls are pasted with sheets of newspaper. The baker is Kumar. Softly spoken and with broken English, he's been a baker for some 25 years and originally came to Pokhara to look for work. His home village is a two-day bus journey away, a village in which the job prospects were limited. Like many Nepalis, Kumar made the journey to Pokhara because of the town's booming tourist industry and the lure of job opportunities. He'd followed his sister here, and she was the one who taught him to bake. She still lives in Pokhara, running a nearby hotel. The baking process begins at 2am every day by rolling out the dough that's been prepared the evening before and left to prove overnight. Kumar slices and forms the dough mixture into different shapes, his skillful hands nimbly apportioning the right amounts of flour and filling across the uncooked pastries. Despite the chaotic environment of the small room, Kumar seems to dance through the space that's so familiar to him. 
carefully placing the pale, raw pastries onto oiled trays. Each piece of bakery is positioned a safe distance from its neighbour on the tray to allow room to rise in the oven. When baked, they transform into cinnamon swirls, apple turnovers, chocolate twists and bread rolls. With the pastries prepared, it was time to fire up the large brick oven. It takes up about a third of the room and is big enough to hold a person or two. Kumar starts the fire by using his garbage as kindling and stacking the oven with firewood. The room temperature rises quickly as the oven heats up and a thin layer of smoke hovers just beneath the low ceiling. It's only escape route through the narrow rectangular gaps chiselled out of the bakery walls. Kumar takes a bowl of egg wash and glazes the rows of buns lined up in the trays before stoking the fire one last time and placing the first batch in the oven to bake. While we wait for the bakery to cook, Kumar talked to us more about Pokhara and how he ended up baking in his tiny shack, every so often nodding off to sleep. Pokhara is situated in central Nepal, in a valley that lies in the Midland region of the Himalayas. It's surrounded by spectacular lakes, valleys and farming terraces. It's also the most expensive city in the country. Up until the 1960s, Pokhara could only be accessed by foot, but the building of the Siddhartha Highway in 1968 helped tourism rise and the city to expand. The town's proximity to the trekking mecca that is the Annapurna Conservation Area makes it hugely popular with foreign tourists. And the main street in the lakeside area of town, where most tourists lodge, is awash with a vast range of amenities catering to their every need. Tourist traffic boosts the local economy significantly, creating jobs and helping to develop infrastructure. But tourism in the town isn't necessarily good for the Nepalis that live here. Kumar wasn't always based out of a tiny shack on the back streets of Lakeside. He used to run a bakery and cafe on the glossy main strip, alongside other local entrepreneurs. Since the 1990s, the city has urbanised rapidly, causing a rise in the cost of real estate and making rent prices increasingly unsustainable for people like Kumar. According to Nepalese media reports, Foreign investors from countries like China, Japan and South Korea are involved in setting up new hotels and restaurants in Pokhara. And what was once an area of opportunity for small business owners is fast becoming a playground for rich investors, pushing many local-run businesses into the back streets, including Kumar's. Kumar tells us that he moved to this shop three years ago. It's a tiny baking shack sandwiched in between chicken coops and kitchen gardens, and is in competition with a dozen or so other small bakeries spread around the area. He used to have a bakery and cafe on the main road, but the rent got too expensive, the rental cost having increased 16-fold over recent years. Kumar works alone in his bakery, seven days a week, baking around 150 pastries and breads a day, most of which he sells wholesale to middlemen. These intermediaries then peddled the pastries on the streets of Lakeside at an inflated price, which Kumar thinks is too high. The location of the bakery and its external appearance leave a lot to be desired. And as a result, bakers like Kumar are reliant upon middlemen to purchase and resell their products. It's plain to see that the cramped working conditions are challenging. In fact, on one evening visit to the bakery, the power cuts out and candles have to be lit. Now, baking by candlelight may sound like a romantic notion, 
But in reality, it's not conducive to productive work. But power cuts are frequent in Nepal, one of Asia's poorest nations. It's approaching 6am, and after 30 minutes of baking, the pastries are ready. Kumar picks up his peel to remove the hot trays from the oven, and the comforting smell of freshly baked bread pervades every corner of the little room. The finished pastries are given a final glaze, and right on time, there's a knock at the door. The first of the middlemen arrives, and immediately begins loading his basket with pastries. Soon enough, Two of the trays have been emptied out. More early morning callers arrive and take their share too. Whatever is left, if any, will go to others who happen to drop by before closing time at around 9am. The flurry of early morning customers have left even less space in the tiny bakery and we take our cue to leave, clutching a batch of warm pastries wrapped up in the pages of yesterday's newspaper. We head out into the early morning light bleary-eyed and in search of tea. Somehow, knowing the story behind the bakery made the fresh buns seem more special than they had before. For Kumar, there is still more work to be done today. The clean-up operation, a visit to the market to restock ingredients and perhaps catching up on some sleep before preparing the dough in the evening. Tomorrow, like every day, he'll be up before dawn to do it all over again.